and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest is the international best-selling author of Think Opposite, using the domino effect to change your business and change the world. You guys, she went from a struggling single mom living in victim mindset to creating a successful business that's allowed her to be an entrepreneur for over 20 years and really living in more of an abundance mindset, which is why she knows that the domino effect will change your world. And today she speaks to entrepreneurs, small business owners, and coaches about the power of critical thinking. She believes that an unexamined perspective, an unexamined law, an unexamined government business life relationship are all deadly viruses. Basically, like, let's think, right, for ourselves. And the domino effect decision matrix is the vaccine which will make the world a better place. So she loves to connect with people on her radio show, the Allison Donaghy Show, where she has weekly guests and challenges the views of our listeners. So let's get into it. Big Dreamcast, welcome to Allison Donaghy. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Denise. I'm so great. excited to talk <laughs> with you because I was one of those people that lived in just going with the flow and accepting status quo for a long, mm. long time. And it seems like at some point you decided mm, there's more. So I would love to hear a bit of how your best-selling book, Think Opposite, even started. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, we never really expect our life to go down the path that it goes down. And so I'm not very good at making long-term plans. I sort of follow the breadcrumbs and whatever happens, happens. And so that's a little bit what happened with this book. It wasn't even on my radar to write one, but I'd had my own business for 20 years. And people kept saying like, why are you good at your business? And, and I was always sort of helping people with their business and looking critically at both the way they do things. And so I ended up writing this book about the four pillars of business like uh, first starting with self why are you in business and I think I ended up talking to a lot of people that had no clue they were so busy addressing the pain points of their clients that they never even looked at their own pain points and what their business was doing to alleviate that and once you understand that then that can permeate all of your marketing all of your interactions with your customers and just really the policies within your company and then once you have that kind of nailed down, then it was moving into who are you serving? Like, who are your clients? 
what's important to them, but in terms of what's important to you so that you're not always morphing who you are to fit your clients. You're saying, this is who I am so that your clients can actually become attracted to that. And then when we have staff, are we really in tune with what our staff's needs and desires are? Like they are people and often they are just treated like an inconvenience, like they're just staff, like I hate my staff. And, but when we actually start understanding their motivations, like why are they working for me instead of somebody else, we can actually incorporate them into our business better. And then the final leg is our community. How do we give back to the community that supports us? What does that look like? And how does that then tie into why we are in business? So uh, yeah, I wrote that book a couple of years ago now, and it was just such a really cool process. And it has impacted people in ways that I really never expected. So how did you develop the four pillars? I think looking at my own business and what helped me be successful and breaking down, those are the four main categories within my business that I was able to develop and grow in order to be successful. And like I, you said earlier, like I went from welfare to having this really great business and I own properties. I have this beautiful house that I designed. I travel around the world. And like Life is really good. <laughs> And I want that for other people. I want people to have roadmaps, whatever that looks like. So, yeah, yeah. When you were living on welfare, did you believe that owning your own business was even a thing? No, <laughs> not at all. I was too busy trying to put food in the fridge to actually think about anything. And then I was at university because I realized I wasn't going to be able to get a job that sustained us and I wasn't getting any child support and I'm not an advocate for child support either in most cases. And so it was never something I wanted or desired to go after, but uh, I just, I just wanted to support myself and give my kid a life that was better than what I was providing. And then I met Bob and he taught me how to paint. And when I moved in with him, he relapsed into drug addiction that weekend. He was an IV drug user and my life just exploded. It was horrible. And I couldn't get out. I didn't know how to, to leave. I had no money because he was constantly taking everything we owned and pawning it. And so it was just tough to get out from under that welfare said, Oh, you're not getting abused. We're not going to help you get out of there. And, and so there was no, there was no place to go. And on the one hand, it sucked a lot. But on the other hand, it really made me reliant on myself and understand that I had the ability to change my life. Okay. So you were living in that victim mindset. I mean, at that point you felt so stuck and there really didn't seem to be very many options at all. Yeah. There was no light at the end of that tunnel. It was, it was horrible. And and once I understood that I co-created that, that was what allowed me to move past it because I believe we co-create everything in our life. Tell me more about that. Well, how we react to something, how we see something, how we talk about something, how we present ourselves, it's all choice. And when we can understand that the choices we made have led us down the path that we find ourselves on, even if we can't control some of the things that happen, we can control how we respond to it. So we might not be able to control, well, we wouldn't be able to control something that happens to us when we're five, but we do get to decide to stop retelling that story and living in that space and really creating a new uh, paradigm that we can live in where we're not less than. Like, I believe we are born miracles. Every single one of us is a freaking miracle. And you just take a second and really absorb the fact that this little sperm found this little egg and made you. 
you know, it didn't make the thousand other options that it could have or however many sperm go out there. I don't know. But <laughs> it made you. And if you are a miracle, which you are, that means you are worthy, inherently worthy, full stop. And then we're born in this world and the world tells us we're not. And the world tells us we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not fast enough, we're not pretty enough, all of those things, and we believe them. And we are wrong. <laughs> and the, the really messed up thing is society works better when we're victims because we're more controllable. And yet living like a victim is a horrible way to live. And you were in that spiral down yourself where it was like, I'm stuck, I don't believe I'm worth anything or much. And I don't really have the brain space to even dream yeah. <laughs> about anything yeah. because we're, you know, just kind of living for the next meal. But tell me how painting took you in a completely different direction. Well, Bob died in 99. And so then I was like, Oh, what am I going to do? I hadn't finished my degree. And I thought, Oh, I'll just start my own painting business for a year. How hard could it be? <laughs> and sometimes not knowing stuff is your best friend. It was so much easier to start that business than domino thinking because domino thinking, I knew everything that could go wrong. But when I wasn't doing the house painting stuff, I was on welfare. There was no further down than that. And so I could only get better and business got great. I got in at a good time. The economy was booming. I thought it was just because I was spectacular, but it, when the, the economy crashed, I realized it really wasn't me. It was the economy. And that's when I had to get serious about understanding business and being more efficient with my systems. And that's sort of how the book came about. Oh, so it's like ignorance on fire a bit. When you're <laughs> yeah. excited about what you have and you talk loudly about it, things mm -hmm. seem to work and you, you pivot and you learn as you go and you take action and things seem to work out. So when the economy crashed, you had to make another pivot. And that's when you kind of yeah. took those lessons from your first business and really um, moved into domino thinking. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it took me a couple of years to recover from the recession, to learn about things, to tighten up my systems. And then once I came out the other end, then I felt like I was in actually a place to help other people. Because up until that point, I'd just been muddling through successfully, but muddling. And I didn't have um, a real understanding about where I was winning and how I was winning. But when we start to know ourselves and we understand that our beliefs, our integrity, our morals are valuable, then we can start pushing that into our business. And then that shines through. So it's not the fact that I can paint a house that attracts my clients. It's the fact that they like what I stand for. And so when I meet them, a lot of times they're just like, we just like you better. We like your process better. And that's why I'm getting hired. It's not because we're the best painter in town. It's just they get to see who I am. And then they want to align with that. Yeah, it is interesting. The more you know yourself, the louder you can be about that, right? Yeah. And then the people who agree or like and are in alignment with your with who you are and, and yeah. they say people don't buy products right they buy people so it's all about that like know and trust factor mm -hmm. so how did you start to take your business reverse engineer it figure it out and then be able to create a product to help other businesses too mm -hmm. uh, I think the the biggest thing for me was understanding who I was in my business like what did I stand for what mattered to me and so there's an exercise that I do with people um, which I could share if that if that's suitable right now yeah go ahead um, 
Imagine you are in a restaurant and you overhear somebody talking about you and your business. What is the absolute worst thing you could hear somebody say? Now, if somebody said to me, or I overheard somebody saying about me, yeah, she's not the best painter in town. I might go, ouch, that doesn't feel good, but I wouldn't be devastated. I could see that maybe there is somebody out there better than me that has like perfected things that I, aren't important to me or whatever, right? But if somebody said to me that I didn't provide value, I would be devastated. I would seriously have to get up and go over there and say, how do I fix this? Because that is so not me. And once I made that connection to what was the most valuable part or that what my biggest pain point was, I was able to interject that into my entire or inject it into my entire business. I was able to create estimates that are super clear so that the customer has all of this power. When I do estimates, it's about educating. So even if they don't go with me, they still feel that I got value from my interaction. And every single step of the way, like when you look at my business model, it, it's all grounded in how do I give my customer value? Now, you might have somebody else that makes violins and they don't care about their customer at all. They just care about making the best violin, right? So that is what their entire model should be about. Like, I don't care who you are, but if you want the best violin, you better come to me, right? I don't want to be your friend. I don't want to chat. I don't even want to know your name. But if you want the best violin, this is where it's at. So different things for different people. I had a woman who said the worst thing she could hear is that somebody said she was too much. And I said, well, how do you feel you show up? And she goes, well, I feel like although I have to show up small. And so I said, well, what happens if you embrace that too much and just put yourself out there, wear the crazy clothes and the hats that you want to wear, and then attract the people that appreciate that. So when you hear somebody saying, oh my God, she's too much, you can go over and say, thank you. That is fantastic. But until you're clear about why you are in business, what you need from the business and what that bottom line is for you, you're always going to be a little bit wishy-washy. You're always going to be trying to morph yourself into somebody else's vision of you. It's really interesting because the more you know yourself, the clearer you are about who you are, the clearer you are and the value you add or your end goal and the clearer your ideal client is. And it feels like that is the first step to really making everything run smoothly. Yeah, I believe it totally is. And I believe it's a step that most people miss. You know, when we're working with coaches, it's that, okay, so who's your ideal client? That's where they start. No, like back up. <laughs> who are you? And when we are connected to who we are, we can look in the mirror, right? Like I can bump into any one of my clients in public and not be embarrassed and not go, oh God, what did we do? Did we, you know, because I am so proud of what we offer because it is so in line with who I am. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it, it just, it impacts everything. It's that domino effect, right? Once you know, everything becomes more clear. Ooh, awesome. Okay. So tell me a bit about your newest project, which is called hashtag my part. Yeah. So this came about last January, 2018, I gave a speech called my part where I talked about the me too movement and how it's a double-edged sword. And we have to be really careful when we get on movements that we're picking which side of the sword we want to play with, because we can go into any movement. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's religion. I don't care if it's gender issues that like, it doesn't matter. There is a negative and a positive for absolutely everything because that is the way the universe works. And we can decide which 
which side of that coin we want to be operating on. Do we want to be operating on that empowered, great space? Or do we want to operate on that darker, negative victim side of it? And then I talked about how it's understanding how we co-create. So when we're getting on board with a, with a movement, how are we co-creating what comes after that? And then what responsibility do we have to understand how we co-create it? And then I talked about how I was sexually assaulted in high school. And it wasn't until I understood how I co-created that without shame and blame. And this always trips people up because people are like, you're not, it's not your fault. No, it wasn't my fault. But I did co-create it. I did go out with this guy that I didn't really care for because I was new in town. I was lonely. I didn't have any friends. He had a lot of friends. And so I was using him in my own way. And he came and picked me up and I didn't want to get in the car and I still got in the car. And I didn't want to go to his house. It felt uncomfortable. I didn't trust myself. And so, but I went to the, his house and then, you know, I got raped and, and I didn't know what to do with any of this. And so later on, when uh, as I grew and, and developed, I could look back at that and go, yeah, I, I did co-create this. Not to say what he did was right, not to let him off the hook. Like that is not this, right? This is simply looking at myself and what did I do that contributed. And then I had people reaching out and saying, well, gosh, how do I do that? Like that sounds like a much better way of dealing with things. And so then the my part developed from there. And so it's understanding... I our inherent worth, because I believe worthiness is the foundation for absolutely everything in our life. Because when we understand our internal worth, I'm not relying on you to make me feel worthy. And when I am relying on you to make me feel worthy, I can become your victim. I am a victim of whether or not you are in a good enough mood to make me feel good, or you care enough about me to give me what I need. And so when we're using statements like, if only they would, if they could just, why doesn't everybody like me? How come this always happens to me? When we're using that language, that is a victim state. And when we understand that we can separate from that other person, connect with our internal worth that is there because we are a miracle, then we can move into freedom state. We can understand and accept accountability for the life and the choices that we've made. So victim state to freedom state sounds like you are taking 100% responsibility yeah. for your piece of the story without yeah. shame or blame. And how does that either, number one, like let go of any emotional strings that you would have to that negative situation mm -hmm. and empower you to keep moving forward? Um, simply the act by saying I co-created this. You can't stay a victim and say I played a part in this. It's not possible. Um, and not you could give lip service to it, sure. I'm sure there's people out there saying, oh, yeah, you know, I wasn't always the best wife. But that doesn't mean you're accepting accountability for what you did in your relationship. Nothing happens in isolation. Nothing. And so every interaction we have, we are uh, consistently, we're strings attached. So I am attached to you. You're attached to the person down the street. You're attached to the flower in your garden, which is attached to the bird, which is attached to, you know, all of it is attached. And when we can understand our part in all of that, we understand that we have contributed to it. We contribute. Now we are at a place of choice. Do I want to continue contributing this way? Do I want to continue relying on other people for my sense of worth? And when we get to that place, we, we can say, yes, 
I was part of this. And we think that we're going to give something up, but that is just not the case. We think that if I, if I say to you, yeah, Denise, you know, this, this was me, I co-created this, and this is why our relationship broke down. And I understand and I apologize for that. And if you're willing to discuss it, we can move forward. However you want to proceed on that. I'm actually boosting my worthiness because I am seeing that part of me that wasn't making the best choices. And when we see all of ourselves, we boost our worthiness. So it creates this beautiful cycle. It reminds me of forgiveness. You know, when we, when we, we forgive ourselves, we forgive others, you gain power back. Yeah. Which is yeah. surprising because you think it's letting them off the hook or whatever. And those who've really experienced true forgiveness know that that's not how it works. You know, yeah. that it really is yeah. about your own voice again and, and having your own worthiness and having your own wholeness. And so taking that 100% responsibility and then instead of stewing or living in regret or living in the past, you're able to say, now what? You're able yeah. to now make a choice. Whereas previously, in in my experience, the rabbit trail just comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you just go down it. And, <laughs> and you can retrain your brain and you can, you know, try to think positive. But there's a, a sense of depthness that comes by taking responsibility and, and letting go of what needs to be healed. And, and then saying, all right, well, now what? Mm-hmm. Again, taking responsibility. What, what do I want now? And so you have a my part course that really takes people through this victim to. I love that you call it freedom because it's empowering. It feels whole to me. Mm-hmm. It feels full of energy. And how? What testimonies do you have from people who've gone through this course already? Uh, oh gosh, it's um, it's so remarkable and. I am so humbled by the people that go through this program and how effective it is. And one woman, she has her PhD in spirituality and she's spent 20 years trying all sorts of different methods to come to terms with the stuff that had happened in her life. She went through this process and she was just like, why didn't anybody tell me about this sooner? She goes, I've spent 20 years. I've traveled the world. I've done so many crazy, weird, bizarre spiritual healing things that she's done. I'm like, you did what? Um, and she said, and at the, this was it, connecting with my worthiness, understanding how I co-create everything. And this is not about becoming a martyr. That is because that is a victim state. And so it's like, I'm just going to accept responsibility for the whole world. No, that's, that's not where we're going with this. This is a co-creation. We understand how our interactions happen, uh, what we're trying to get out of it. Um, I'm working with the group that I'm working with right now. The one guy, he's just like, I am using this real time every single day now. And it's just, it's really exciting to see people moving away from this dependency on each other to relying on themselves and then coexisting with other people. I always feel like if we knew our worthiness, right, we would not take things so personally. Oh, gosh, there's a neutrality that happens when we understand it. Because if you say that, you know, you don't like something about me, I can go, oh, okay. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) And then I'm at a place of choice again. How do I want to co-create our relationship going forward? And maybe I'm just going to be like, maybe you're not my people and that's okay. 
or it's great that you don't like this about me and we can still be friends, right? So we are always at this place of choice and our choices don't always seem good. You know, I talk about choices. There's three types of choices we make. One is we couldn't possibly have known. Uh, you know, you leave the house five minutes late, you get in your car, you drive to work, you stop at a red light, someone rear ends you. You could not possibly have known that leaving your house late would have resulted in a car accident. But that doesn't change that you co-created it simply by the fact that you got in your car and you drove and you stopped. Doesn't mean the guy behind you shouldn't pay for the damages. <laughs> but when we understand like, okay, on some level I co-created this, um, be simply by being, uh, I, can, I can accept responsibility for my part in this. The other way we make choices is that uh, we know and we don't care. So we're texting and driving and we know it's illegal. We know we could get in an accident. We don't care. We get pulled over and we kind of go, oh yeah, okay, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Right? But we don't care. We do it anyway. And then the third way we make choices is um, if we had thought about it, we may have made a different choice. But we're so busy, right? We're busy taking the kids to dance and to school and to daycare and all of that stuff that we forgot to get our brakes fixed. And so if we had taken the time, we would have gone, oh, right, this was something I needed to do. I should have put it in my calendar. And then we get in a car accident because we rear-ended that person at the red light that was texting, but late for work. <laughs> and, uh, and then we have this accident. We can understand, oh, right, this is, I co-created this by not getting my, my brakes fixed. And it's still, at the end of the day, we can identify the way we make choices, but none of it really matters if we're just accepting the fact we co-create it. I feel like when you're triggered, right? If somebody, um, there's, there's an element, I always say, if people told me that I travel too much and I feel like I travel too much, they're triggering something in me that I'm already sensitive to. And that's mm -hmm. the reason why I would react in a like a freak out kind of way. I would yeah. take it personally because it's something I already have second guessed myself on. I don't feel good about there's something going on that I'm already triggered. But if somebody says I travel too much and I'm whole and I have worked through a lot of this stuff or I, I feel worthy and I feel like I'm a good mom and I can do all things and all these things, then they could say the same thing, but I'm not going to be triggered right. because I I'm, I'm, you know, standing in my, my power and I feel the truth and all of that. And I feel like what you're doing is helping people to do just that, to, yeah, totally. to own themselves and their own stuff and then make choices on going on what, what they would love best in their life and in their business, less, you know, without shame, without blame, without complaining mm -hmm. and, and gain their power back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is such a great place to live. And that doesn't mean we don't slip back into victim state. Yeah. But what I have found is once you understand your worthiness, you get out of that victim state faster. You know, like I do this work all the time and there's times where I'm just like, why did this happen to me? And I was like, whoa, okay, what did I do? And then the, I love that you brought up that triggering stuff because triggering is never about the other person. Yeah. Ever. In fact, almost nothing is about the other person, um, except their opinion of you, which is none of your business. That's about the other person, and that's their stuff that they're going through. But uh, the triggering part, you know, you can say something to 50 people, and it'd be totally fine. You say it to the 51st person, they get triggered. 
had nothing to do with what we said. It had to do with how they heard it, what they did with it. And the whole thing about understanding the worthiness piece is so that what other people do doesn't impact us that way. We get to remain neutral. And the beautiful thing about being neutral is that we can actually now start to see the other person for who they are, as opposed to what we need from them. See, if we don't need anything from that person in front of us, we can just have this really great interaction, right? If we're in a relationship and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm single right now, but if I'm in a relationship and I'm, I'm with a guy and I can see him independent of what I need from him, I can actually have a healthier interaction. I'm able to say, have these conversations about what I need, what I don't need, how things are impacting me. If I need him to make me feel like I have value, that changes the power dynamic. And I don't see him for him. I only see him for what I can get from him. Letting that sink in a minute. Whoa. <laughs> I think it really does. It changes the your, your view of the world in a sense. Because in, mm-hmm. in a victim mindset, the idea is what can the world give me? And guess yeah. what? The world never gives you what you need when you're in that way, right? In a freedom mindset, you feel like you can give yourself what you need. And so you don't need the world in that way. So you then can freely give. And I love the idea of of remaining neutral because instead of being triggered, because again, even though we know this stuff, right, we probably will have those seasons or situations where we're triggered. We can, now that we know better, we can do better and we can take a step back and remain neutral and think about it in a more objective way. Yeah. When I get triggered by things, I just say, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for shining a light on something that I need to work on so that I can stay even deeper in freedom state. Right. Because if somebody like says something in passing and maybe I'm tired and maybe I'm not feeling good or maybe I'm hungry or like whatever, and I'm not operating at that full capacity, that's when these things can sneak in. And kind of go, that was kind of like, why did you, and, (laughs) but if I'm able to take a deep breath and understand that they are just shining light on something that I get to work on, it is such a gift that they're giving me. I don't have to get mad at them. I don't have to try to get them fired. I don't have to, you know, write a bad review or whatever. I can just say, thank you. Have you seen the movie Rocket Man yet? With Not Man? yet. We saw it yesterday. And there, it's, it's a powerful movie about his need for love. Mm. And he didn't get it from his parents and he didn't get it from his, you know, and then he's this big superstar, but still doesn't feel worthy. Yeah. Still doesn't feel loved. And what I really appreciated about this movie was um, his, you know, his transformation and his pivot and his healing through the other relationships and I won't give it all away but it all really kind of comes down to this desire we all have to feel good enough yeah. and how often we don't but the the beautiful thing is not no one else can give us that feeling yeah yeah there is this deep desire in us to be seen yeah and i think the best person to see us is ourselves yeah. right and and i see ourselves as sort of like Maybe we're like a collection of grains of sand and each piece of sand is a different part of who we are, how we respond, what our experiences are. And when we can look at that and go, I see you and I understand that you're hurting right now and let's make choices that are better for all of us. That part of kind of goes, 
oh, I don't have to protect us anymore. I don't have to uh, be the one that says, no, don't talk to that person or don't go there or you're not smart enough because if you act smart enough, then people are going to notice you and don't get noticed, right? All of those voices, all of that stuff is really working in our best interest, even though it's coming kind of warped. And when we're able to see those and say, thank you, and we can do better. Like, let's, let's work together and be this person we want to be. We no longer need other people to see us. You guys, this work is so powerful and it really can shift everything in your world. And I'll refer back to the Elton John movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. The psychologist was like, oh my gosh, so much healing. Um, but you think of the, the, the impact, the positive impact this man has made in the world. He could not have done that if he had not worked through his stuff. Yeah. If he had not felt like he was good enough because of who he already is. If he had not you know, I think a lot of the things we're, we're even talking about, you'll see when you watch this movie, he had to work through and heal through and then decide, make his own choice. And mm-hmm. because he did the work, he has spent the last 30 some prior to his rehab days, like adding value and, mm-hmm. and really domino affecting lots of <laughs> in the world. And so I think that sometimes we can say, oh, that sounds hard. Or, oh, that sounds painful. Or, oh, that if it were easy, we'd already be doing it, right? So if somebody has a defense coming up like that, that goes, oh my gosh, I need this, but I'm scared. What would you tell them? It it really isn't that hard. You know, and and like when we're doing this course as well, we start off with less triggering topics. We don't hit the hard one first. And, And so then it's just a thing to practice. It's just a process that you can work through with any area that comes up. Like I work through it all the time. And that voice that is telling you it's too scary is only trying to protect you from the unknown because that is what that grain of sand inside of you is supposed to be doing. And if you can see that and go, I understand and it is time for us to move on, we really can have a better life. So let's give it a go. And I have conversations with these voices in my head all the time because when I start recognizing them, I understand how to interact with these voices in my head because they feel real. (laughs) They really do. And when we pretend that they're not there or we shove them under the rug or we deny their existence, they are only going to yell louder. You know, you think about a kid in a grocery store with mom, 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 mom. The more the mother ignores the child, the louder the child gets. So why would the voices in our head be any different? It reminds me of bringing it out of the darkness and into the light. You know, once we acknowledge it and we stop pretending like it's not there, then we can actually do something with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's not, it's not as hard as we think. (laughs) Like most things in life. Is the My Part course an e-course, a Facebook group? How do you run it? So it is, it's on a platform. It's an eight week program. And then we do a Q and A call once a week for an hour. And uh, I keep the groups to 10 or less, uh, depending on the people that are in there. Uh, Sometimes I will just opt for a smaller group just because of some of the topics or if I know people and what they've gone through and a smaller group would be more reasonable than I do that. And so, yeah, it's eight weeks. It's done through video worksheets, PDFs, and it's a really simple process to go through. It's a step-by-step thing. And, and I do half day and full day workshops as well. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's great watching the changes that happen 
with people. And it's, it's so cool watching their enthusiasm when they're like, oh, so I just had this thing today. And, right? And we don't all act like victims in the same way. You know, we were talking about the red light rear-ended situation on our last call. And the one guy said, well, I would never get upset about that. I would, I would just get out and go, hey, let's exchange information and carry on with my day. And I'm like, well, then this isn't a spot that you feel like a victim in. You have no work to do in this area. Whereas the woman that brought up that scenario, she had to process it to understand how she co-created it. And then she was like, oh, so now I can get out of the car and say, oh, are you okay? As opposed to screaming at them that they're some sort of jerk. And so for him, he didn't need to work this process through that because it wasn't a thing, but she did. And so it's so cool how what is one, something for one person is not something for someone else, but yeah. the process still works. Yeah. And I think that's really special. Once you know the process, you really can apply it. Whenever you yeah. feel that triggering, you can apply yeah. it and yeah. learn and grow. And then, you know, I would say to somebody who says, I'm a little scared is it's, it's one of those things. Like if you like think about life, if you don't do the work and then think mm -hmm. about life when you do do the work and what freedom would really feel like and how that would domino effect and impact all the <laughs> other areas of your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just think that's worth it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it does take people a while. Some people will never get to that place. Some people are just, uh, the pay value for being a victim is so strong. They can't even tell they're a victim. So there are people that will never take my course and that's okay. Cause it's not for them, but the people who take it do see a transformation. And, and when, when we see that, Oh, I'm a little bit scared. Like congratulations for seeing, seeing that part of you. Right? Because when you see it, you now can address it. You can have a conversation with it. You can say, I get that you're scared, but can we suspend this and actually take this or take that or jump out of the plane or whatever it is that we want to do? And can we just still be scared and do it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I've got two last questions for you, you sure. guys. If you're interested in the My Part course, I, there will be a link and a promo code down yeah. below so you can get a discount. I'm super excited to offer this eight-week program because wherever you background you come from, whatever experiences you've had, we all have quote unquote stuff, you know, that we can work through, heal from, and gain skills in. So we really can live in true freedom. So one question I have to close us out, Allison, is you, in order to pour right out into the world as much as you do, uh, you have to stay filled yourself. Mm -hmm. So what are some things you do to stay filled up? Oh, well, I love to travel. <laughs> so uh, I kind of want to go everywhere. That is definitely on those days when I'm like, I don't want to work anymore. I'm like, but I'll get to travel. So for me, that is a little bit of a delayed gratification, but it definitely helps keep me keep motivated. But I just have really great people in my life. I have really, you know, the people that were draining me, uh, I got rid of. And part of this being in freedom state is recognizing uh the importance of doing what feeds you instead of what drains you. So my days of getting drained are much less than they used to be. Like being a victim is hard work. It is a life-sucking, energy-depleting experience to go through. And when we move out of that, we no longer tolerate those things that bring us down. So just simply by being in freedom state, I feel, has taken so much of that um, away from me. And now I just do what I want to do that makes me feel good. And if it's going to the spa, 
I do it because I know I need it. Or if it's taking a trip or if it's alone time or if it's hanging out on a boat or going for a walk or something, like I now know what I need in that moment. So I have no rituals, <laughs> but I do pay attention to what I need in the moment. Yeah. And, and part of that's listening to yourself. And once you know who you are, you can trust that and and listen mm-hmm. to what your what your body and what your intuition are saying. So then my next question um kind of connects with that, but you may have just answered it. I don't know. Is there anything <laughs> that you do every day that you couldn't live without? No. <laughs> um because I think my attachment to things is less. Is I I don't need to have the things to sustain me because I am sustained. And so, you know, I used to go shopping a lot. I feel less of a need to do that. Like that used to be like a thing for me. We had to go shopping. Now I'm just like, "Eh, eh." Like, let's just have a great conversation instead. Uh, So no, I don't know. Maybe, you know, I like, I like my Starbucks coffee. (laughs) I tend to have one of those every day, but it is so nice because being in freedom state actually frees you from so many things and everything's at choice now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. I lied. I have one more question because your children have been a part of this process for you. Mm -hmm. You know, they saw you living paycheck to paycheck, meal to meal and in, in an addiction situation, uh, living in this victim state. And then they've seen you grow and transform and blossom and live in freedom and then give back into the world. I would Mm -hmm. love to hear how they view all of this. <laughs> um, well, I have I have my son. He's now thirty, and so um, and we're really close. He works with me. He runs my cruise for my painting company, and he'll eventually take it over. He is so proud of me, and it's so cool to see. I realized how much I was able to shelter him from when he was little. So he doesn't have the same memories of an empty fridge as I do. And the hardest part, though, is his view of the world is so different than mine because he hasn't had the same struggles as I've had. Thank God. But it's so neat watching him where he's at and then seeing where I was at at that age uh, and how different it is. But he he really is the light in my life. He is so supportive and tells me on a regular basis how proud he is of me and the changes that we're, you know, I'm helping make in the world. It's, it's really cool. I'm so lucky. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm getting teared up. It is. It's know. powerful because, <laughs> you know, to the, somebody who says that this work is hard or thinks feels like it's challenging. And then you think, well, think about the legacy change, you know, the generational shifts that yeah. happened because you started this for yourself and you healed and you became free in more than one area and and then you can teach and uh, domino effect I keep saying that because it's so true it's <laughs> not just going to impact you but it really does um, impact everyone around you so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's 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 a cool space to live in it really is it is it is well thank you so so much for sharing your wisdom and your gifts with us today you guys absolutely check out the links in the show notes below all of the the promo code and all the details to join the my part course will be there plus the think opposite using the domino effect to change your business and change the world and all of other allison's links as well so thank you again and have an amazing day thanks so much 
so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.